People of the world, hello and welcome to The Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, where our purpose is a simple one. Tune into our weekly podcast each Friday, wherever you listen to your favorite programs or on this website to hear us, three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice as the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. To reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions, we're at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, the Facebook group of the same name, and if you care to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Also, stay tuned for details about our upcoming news and perspective show on Millennium TV's M24 streaming news station. Welcome once again to The Brothers Talk. We're here to focus on issues of relevance to the Black community. We continue to appreciate all of the love and support that we're getting from you and the feedback and the comments. And we invite you once again to join our ongoing community of nearly 4,000 people in our groups on Facebook, The Brothers Talk, Relaunching Black Wall Street Nationwide, and Hashtag Black Dollars Matter, where we are now at the dawn of a new age as we await for the states to certify Biden-Harris as the new 46th administration. And then we want to really focus on the fact that the work is now yet to be done. One more time, we want to also give a shout out to Chef Dion, who is focusing on feeding those with food insecurities in the northern New Jersey area and encourage you to help out by going to his website at disabledcombatveteransyouthprogram.org. And that's the acronym DCVYP.org for disabledveteransyouthprogram.org. He's doing great work. And they can use all the help that you can give them because it's all volunteers and all the money goes to getting food to help out those with food insecurities just in time for the holidays. Nobody should be without food ever, but certainly not around the holidays. So help feed some families for the holidays. You'll be blessed by the effort. So now we're ready to get the show on the road. And here again are Scott and Norm. Hey, family. Thank you for all your support. As, as we've been telling you before, be safe out here because of what's going on with the pandemic. And um, remember to always support Black businesses whenever you can. And again, you know, our health is our wealth. So let's be healthy. Let's respect each other. And let's remember Black on Black love. That's all we have. So we are here this week to really start the process of getting the focus off of just celebrating one election that gets us hopefully one step closer to being rid of 45 and black people's lives should really matter. And so as we focus on making sure that that stays front and center, we were able to take a look at the Lift Every Voice plan which is Joe Biden, Kamala Harris's plan for Black America, for addressing the needs of Black America. And while there are some pretty aggressive parts of it, we see some other areas that have our attention in that we think they need to be a little more specific. We think they need to make sure that they are also being even more aggressive in understanding that it's not just about putting some carrots out there for Black people to stretch toward. We certainly don't think that we want to see a situation where people are allowed to not have to work for providing for their families. But we also don't want to ignore the fact 
that this wealth gap has been created by 401 years of racial discrimination and racism. So we believe wholeheartedly in the monies that are available. Uh, some of the highlights that we saw had to do with $100 billion being put into a home ownership plan, $50 billion being put into a business incubator plan, and $70 billion being earmarked for increasing the monies for the HBCUs. And so while these are great starts, we do have some concerns about actually who will be administrating these plans to make sure that once again, they are not the kinds of plans that started out with a noble intention of addressing Black shortfalls, but end up basically benefiting other minority groups more than us. So we are concerned to make sure that these programs are definitely targeted toward Black people at a time when 68% of the country seems to understand and support the concepts of Black Lives Matter. Yeah, Ron. Um, there, there's a lot in this plan. I like pretty much everything that I've seen in this plan. And uh, one of my concerns is, with, like you were saying, Rod, to make sure that, that the money goes to Black communities. Uh, my biggest concern is that most of the time when there's something that, that's been earmarked for Black folks. All of a sudden, it becomes minority instead of Black. And when you start saying minorities, you start talking about white women. You start talking about people of other races where Black folks for generations have been paying into a system, been paying taxes, but they have not been getting their fair share back. That's what my, my concern is that there's a lot that they put in here. It's a big bite of the apple. But are they going to be able to implement all of this stuff? I, I, I see some programs here, and I was I was kind of shocked when they talked about, you know, only 4% of small business owners are African-American when we're like 13%, probably more like 16% of the population. 4%, only 4%. That, I mean, that's, that's shocking to me. But there are some programs that they talked about, like one is something that the Biden the Obama-Biden administration put in place called the Community Advantage Loan Program. I, you know, I never heard of that. And it's this program that actually, you know, provide like startup money and money for people to to grow their businesses. If they if they are going to roll this program out and not uh, use the kind of messaging that for this particular program that I just talked about that I never heard of, if people don't know about these programs, they're not going to be able to apply in and benefit from these programs. So they're going to have to do a good job of communicating what they're trying to do and training people, providing assistance to folks. Uh, we got to figure out a way how we can have a footprint, how we can get involved with the process, with this process, and make sure that, that the folks who get the money, that's it's intended for. Scott, I'm on the same page as you, but I'm looking at this at a different angle. I'm looking at this as there's a permanent underclass created by this racism. I don't see how these programs are going to reach that demographic in our community. There are people who aren't even able to stand up to address any of these programs in our community. So I don't see a program for, for those people. I see those people still being left out. Well, that's why I see they need to be more aggressive. And that's what I meant by that. They need to ensure that they go into these communities and hire people in the community to not only make sure that they publicize and put these programs in front of the community centers and the churches, but then there needs to be money put in 
to allow for these folks who are victims of the wealth gap to have stipends so that they can take advantage. Because to tell, go into a community and tell a person, we have a business loan process available for you that's just basically going to put them further in debt. There needs to be a two-part process in my mind. The first part of it needs to say, well, we're going to come in and let you know that this money exists for you to start a business or to go to school. But in order for them to do it, they need to first put money aside to say, here's the money you need to be able to make sure that your ends are meeting while you go to school, while you're in these business training programs. Because I think that's where the gap continues to widen and why most people don't have any opportunity to take advantage of a lot of these programs. Because they're, like I said, when the ends ain't meeting, you cannot focus on how you can go to school and how you can start a business when you really need to be more focused on how you can feed your family and keep your lights on. So to me, this has to be that that much aggressiveness in the program that allows that there's money to make sure that people are have at least a nest egg that will allow them to take advantage of the program. Because the other way around, I think it just continues to be more of a pipe dream. You know, uh, you and Rod, Rod, you and Noam both made, you know, excellent points in terms of, you know, the needs of people now. You know, these, these programs are, are programs that got to be developed, then they got to be implemented. But, you know, people need money now. And, and you're right. Uh, I encourage all of our listeners and, and, and all of the family to go and, and take a look at this plan on uh, JoeBiden.com and take a look at what, you know, he said, the Biden plan for America. You know, take a look at that. And, and and talk to your congressman and, and prioritize this and call your congress folks and tell them, you know, what you like or don't like about the program. And, and some of the things that Rod and Noam talked about, you know, be a voice. I think that it's your your responsibility. You know, it's your right as an American to contact your contact your congressperson to voice your opinion about this. But I think it's your responsibility as an African-American to your community for the survival of the African-American community to have some input, to have a voice. So I encourage each one of you to go in and take a look at this program and see what you think and, and, and contact your congressman and, and voice your opinion. Do we know who who actually put this program together? It was a coalition. I mean, they uh, had their, their individual inside the Biden-Harris campaign, but some of the names that I saw who were a part of it were Al Sharpton or Mark Morial of the National Urban League, uh, Derek Johnson of the NAACP, Maxine Waters. Um, there's another sister who is of the Black Women's Coalition. So I'm glad you asked that question, on because one of the names that I did not see and that I thought really should have been a part of it was Reverend William Barber, because William Barber continues to focus on the fact that it's that wealth gap that becomes the biggest part of the problem. And so if they didn't have him at that table, the names that I heard are people who basically, as we said, their ends are meeting pretty good and they can sometimes forget and adopt some of that mindset of the privileged class of those who think that for whatever reason, they don't need to give people stuff when basically so many other groups have been given stuff over the years, whether it was the GI Bill or the low interest loans or some of those other school funding programs that were nothing more than government handouts. And nobody said to them they had to jump through hoops to get it. 
Yeah, you, you know, they did mention in this plan about, you know, their plans for closing the wealth gap. They just talked about it generally, about closing the wealth gap. But but they need to be more specific about that. Like you said, Rod, they need to bring people who've been in that fight, who's been talking about that fight for years. They need Those people need to be involved in that process. I, I think it's critical that they get some just common folks. How do we get common folks at the table? When I say common folks, I'm talking about myself. How do we get people like me at the table, like us at the table, and say, hey, wait a minute, you know, these are these are good programs, but we think that you should be focused on X, Y, and Z, and this is the way that you should do it. This is the way that you should, you, you're going to be able to get funds to people who need it right away, as, as opposed to those people who are on that panel. A lot of those, like you said, Rod, they're eating already. They, they're eating every day. They're not going to miss a meal. And I don't really know any of those people personally, but I, I just, you know, based on the actions of somebody like Al Sharpton in the past, it's all about Al. You know, it, it, it's all about what can I get out of this process as opposed to how is this going to benefit folks who need it the most? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And Rod, I think you were on point with uh, Reverend Barber being excluded. I think, you know, he has enough skin in the game to really know what's needed in our community. And I just feel that they're looking at the wealth disparity and we're not even in a position to address that at this point. We should focus on just building a base in which we can build on in our community, a financial base. We don't even have that at this point. Yeah, and also goes back to show us how far we have moved from the paradigm of the Civil Rights Act where you had the Black church out front. You know, it was MLK and Abernathy and others who were right at the table because they understood the needs of the Black community and they were not mega church pastors or anything. So we're talking about people like William Barber, who, as you said, Norm, has got his boots on the ground there. He's right there in the middle of this this fight in a way that those others that we just mentioned are somewhat removed. I mean, Al is there whenever there are causes, but whether or not Al is there every day, like these preachers who are in these communities, and there are a lot of influential preachers who are not out at the mega churches, but who are there to make sure that they look out for the interests of the community. And it seems to me that their voices are curiously absent. Yeah, as I look at this, a lot of these programs are being cut or or pretty much eliminated by 45 that 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 were in place to help people in need. Uh, one of the problems with with implementing these programs is, you know, and I give you a personal experience. Some years ago, uh, my wife and I was looking at ways to try to help people in in you know the communities where we came from. You know, older folks who who needed some assistance with maybe home improvement. And I did a lot of uh, research and found out that the agriculture department, if you were 62 years old and owned your home, own home, you could get something like five or six thousand uh, dollars to if you wanted to replace windows or, or whatever you wanted to do to your home. But we could never get any of the money because in Georgia, it was administered out of Athens and it was ran by some non-black person. And every time you contact them, if you contact them, by phone or a letter or whatever, they were never, the funds were never available. Every year, the funds were never available. It was, it was administered, it was administered through, 
I think it was funded through HUD. It was either HUD or agriculture. And I even contacted them and they were like, well, you know, that shouldn't be happening. So the problem is a lot of folks didn't know about that program and still don't know about those programs where you can you can apply for those kind of grants. But every time we we would have contacted them different times during the year and money was never available. It's always gone. And, and this is what I'm concerned about with some of these programs, that when people start applying or trying to get funds, it depends on who's administering the money. If it's not someone who looked like us, there's a good chance that you're not going to get any of the funding. That's a good point, Scott. And I'm just thinking maybe there's some institutions in our community that could administer, maybe some of our banks, what have you, could administer some of these programs just to keep this within our community and within our family. Just an idea. Well, that's exactly what we're going to continue to be focused on, making sure that we don't just sit back on our haunches because obviously the work isn't done. There's more work to be done in Georgia to try to get both those two Democrats over the finish line to change the complexion of the Senate and move Mitch McConnell back to the second seat like he belongs and hopefully out. But we definitely cannot rest on our laurels and believe that the fight is over because even after that, if we're able to get that monumental uh, shift to give the Democrats, the House, the Senate, and the executive branch, then there's still the judiciary and lots of criminal justice reform that needs to be done. So we're going to continue to try to keep the fire burning and continue to keep the spotlight on and look for opportunities to encourage you to get involved and Make sure that your vote really did count the way that it should and not just at the election box. So that's it for another edition of the Brothers Talk. Once again, we want to encourage you to buy Black, our positive business Black experience of this week as we head into the holiday is to certainly hope that you are looking at Black businesses to be a part of your true Black Friday. Black Friday, it was named for keeping businesses in the black, and we want to give it a new interpretation that Black Friday should be about finding black businesses to support and make sure that they stay in the black. They've said that 65% of black businesses have failed this year due to the circumstances around the COVID pandemic. So we don't need any more of our businesses to fail and they won't fail if we decide to make a conscious effort to go out and support them. So that's your challenge Black America and anybody else who's listening to us to go out there and support black businesses. We want to also remind you that if you want to follow us, we hope that you do, that you can follow us at the Brothers Talk on Twitter, the Brothers Talk on Instagram and the Facebook group of the same name. And always remember, if you want to reach us and go long form, it's the Brothers Talk at gmail.com. So until next time, we hope you stay safe, stay well, and remember, Let's do better today because that's all we really have.